0: Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Before you say guilty, say Garza. I tell you that all the time, and it's true, because you're going to want the best result possible in your criminal defense or your DUI defense. Don't say guilty. Say Garza. He is East Tennessee's premier defense lawyer. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. GarzaLaw.com. All right, let's get to today's episode. Seth joins us down in Alabama, and we talk a little bit about Tennessee beating the hell out of Georgia, how bad of a week it's been for Georgia, a lot of Tennessee basketball. We don't really get to the OC. We're going to do that Tuesday on a special patron-only, I guess, mailbag, patreon.com slash Ranch if you want to be a part of that. Got the TV reviews coming up on this thread. Uh, Episode 4 of True Detective is going to drop later. This afternoon, this evening, or maybe first thing in the morning, I don't know. But yeah, let's get to the show.
1: I mean, this is the last stand. <laughs> 11 in a row, 11 in a row, 11 in a row, Enough. Eh, eh, 38 in a row, as in 38 unanswered point when we were whipping
0: that ass. Ranch gang, stand up, the holy war is upon us, welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit
1: acting like this is any fun at all. <laughs>
0: Another edition Reed's Ranch, coming at you January the 6th. It's a Sunday. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? John, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good. I always love talking to you. Hey,
1: it makes my day immeasurably better.
0: Just hearing your voice, buddy. Just hearing your voice puts me in a good mood.
1: Hey, man, think about a week ago I was on my way to see you.
0: That's true. That's true. At this At this time... At this time last week, you and I were getting ready to see each other. It didn't go so well, but it's been a uh, a pretty good week, for me at least. Uh, how's your week been since we talked?
1: It's been good. I had a good week. I've had a good week. I've had a great weekend. Balls looked great yesterday.
0: Man, what a beatdown.
1: Like, I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, it's it's just, I am continually shocked at how easy they make things look. Like, yes, Georgia sucks, okay, but we beat them by 46 points. And we beat them in the first half alone. You know, like, we scored 53 in the first half. They scored 50 total. Like, it's absurd how good we look.
0: Got a a sellout crowd for a really bad Georgia team. De Monte
1: Turner got a standing O.
0: Yeah, man. It was good to see him play. I wasn't expecting that. I was not
1: either, and that was great. That was awesome. He looked good driving the ball, I thought. I mean You know, basically You don't need him until like the Elite Eight, I really think. Um but if you can have him man you just needed you needed him to play the de- like you needed him to come back the first game of SEC play right like that's what i thought
0: well that's the that's, that's the date we had circled
1: you know and it's like it's like whatever you know he didn't play versus gonzaga he still won he didn't play much against kansas whatever it doesn't matter we won all those games except kansas like as long as he can be back for the georgia game and he played 15 minutes looked good driving um Man, it was awesome to see him. It was awesome to see him back out there. Just awesome. I love him.
0: Yeah, I mean, this lineup has really – the team's really gone to another level once they once they benched Bowden and brought him off the bench. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I like the way that this offense has played since then. And, I mean, that was early on in the season. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like uh, he had a big chance as a starter, but – you know Bowden was able. It's taken a little pressure off of him. He started playing better. You know he scored He's twenty yesterday so off the bench, He's and you so much better. It it balances out the team and balances out the bench because you don't need a fifth scorer whenever you have Schofield, Bone, Williams, and Alexander out there. Like, and I, calling Alexander a scores. You know. A little tongue in cheek, but I mean he he can go out and get you eight to twelve and he got twelve yesterday and
1: Yeah, I mean if he gets you ten, like if he he got he what he did twelve and fourteen yesterday.
0: Yeah, no, he had a monster game. He had a monster game.
1: Like if he's if he gets you ten points, he's gonna get you ten rebounds. Like if he gets you ten and ten, it's just about game over. I mean Yeah. It's getting close to Tennessee's winning.
0: Tennessee's gonna win if if Alexander does that, especially with the way Bone uh, has played since the Memphis game. And yesterday, you know, it wasn't a great game for him, but 11 points, 5 assists, 1 turnover. Like, he's he's been really good at protecting the ball this uh, this season, and you just don't need the scoring in your starting lineup. So I love that Pons, you know, has, has been a starter. Yesterday he went scoreless. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't even score, you did, but you didn't need him to. You still scored 96 points with one of your starters going scoreless, and your bench is balanced. I love the way this team looks. Georgia's awful... But outside of yesterday and outside of just Tennessee, like I thought that uh, things went fairly well for you elsewhere. Like in the SEC, Kentucky loses to Alabama, right? Florida loses at home to a not good South Carolina team. Yeah. And uh, you know, Joe Lannardi had Nevada as a one seed.
1: Okay, so.
0: Earlier last week, and then, you know, Nevada gets smashed yesterday.
1: So, like, I had not checked the January 4th bracketology update until last night, like at midnight. And I see that he has bumped us down from a 1 to a 2 for Nevada. Why? What did Nevada do to get bumped to a 1 over us? And not to mention... He has us with the number one one seed in their region. Yeah. He had Oklahoma higher seed than Texas Tech. Like, it was a bizarre bracket. It was a garbage, garbage, garbage bracket. Like, he didn't have Virginia as a one seed either. Like, what?
0: I think Virginia Virginia is creeping up to being the the team I'm second most afraid of.
1: So, like, I don't care that they lost to a sixteen seed last year. Like, I just don't know how you cannot have them as a one seed right now.
0: To me, like, they got all the makings of a they got all the makings of a team that got embarrassed and then you could just see like late in March when they're in the final four, like all the pieces about how that loss motivated them this year, right? And and Tony yeah. Bennett talking about well, we realized we needed to have more offense. We realized we had to do things a little bit differently because they've been scoring a lot of points this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, and they got they got the the Hunter guy back, you know. Yeah. He's back this year. I mean, I just I was blown away he didn't have Tennessee or Virginia as a one seed. Really more so I was blown away he didn't have Virginia as a one seed. But the thing that blew me away the most was he had Nevada as a one seed. Like, what have they done? Like, last night, like, that bumps them down to a three,
0: I would think. Yeah, you would think that would uh, put that to best a little bit.
1: They they don't play anyone to climb higher. Like, they'll climb higher based on attrition of other teams, but, like, there's no reason they should get a one seed. I'm sorry.
0: I would say last night's going to go a long way to almost knocking them out. Yeah. One seed, you know, contention. Now, you could say they could finish the end of the year with one loss, but still, like, that's going to be tough because there's a lot of good basketball teams.
1: Like, yeah, they're only going to have one loss, but, like, you know, Duke's going to be a one. Virginia's going to be a one, I think. And then I think one of Michigan and Michigan State is going to be a one. But I don't know. They could just kill each other in conference play. I mean, it's just so – it's just such a murderous row in the Big Ten. There's no telling. I mean, I don't know. Like, Nevada's not going to be a one, though. I mean, that, that's that's for sure now. I'm glad they got out of there. I mean, Tennessee looks so good. It is really just, like, it's hard to even say. I mean, like you said, we scored 96 points and one starter didn't even score. If, like, Pons could just be kind of like a Tony Allen guy, yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, that would be so awesome. Like, and... You know, we're sitting here talking like Bone didn't play great, he had eleven and five, but like now he's hit that next level to where even when he doesn't play great, it's so much better than his normal games were a year ago.
0: Yeah. For like sure. we would have
1: killed to have him score eleven points in a conference game last year. Um and then if you're getting twelve and fourteen from Kyle and eleven and five from Jordan Bone, um it's getting close to being ball game. Yeah, no, team. Tennessee.
0: Tennessee is really really balanced. You know, Tennessee has two potential Player of the Year candidates, right? I mean, there was twenty four players named as a Player of the Year on, on on the ballot, and Tennessee had two of them. Yeah. And you know, yesterday they both scored eighteen points. And Grant Williams scored eighteen points on five shots. He thought, like like he was like he was James Harden out there scoring eighteen points on five shots. And Admiral scored 18 points on 11 shots, so nothing to uh, sneeze at there. They go four for five from three point range. So if you're just looking like your, your your two best players go 10 for 16 and score 36 points, you can't beat that efficiency. And Tennessee is just really balanced and really scary.
1: And and like we said, like uh, Lamonte Turner is just now back.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, and I, like, I, I, w- I was worried that that might linger on for a while and get to the point where maybe he just doesn't play. Uh, I didn't think he was going to play. The longer that got, I, I just kept thinking that maybe he's just going to uh, try to fix his shot in the offseason and worry about his, you know, his career moving forward.
1: Another thing that's crazy, and we, I don't know that we've really talked about him at all on this podcast, maybe just like in passing once or twice. Jalen Johnson is a really, really good offensive player. Yeah. Like, if he could just do something on defense, he would play a ton. I mean, I it's, it's, I mean I say that. It's hard to see him getting minutes. But, like, he's been playing. You know, I mean, he played yesterday again. He's playing every game. We're just, having,
0: like, we're just having to go to his own defense when he plays because he can't like, play, he can't he play just, defense.
1: He just can't play any defense. But, man, oh, man, is he skilled at offense.
0: I know. But the biggest problem for him is that Tennessee isn't needing offense right now
1: yeah I know it's crazy. It's crazy that Tennessee can keep somebody that good on offense on the bench.
0: Rough week for uh rough week for Georgia. really rough week for Georgia <laughs> Rough week for Georgia. You truly hate to see it. I mean, of things you, that you hate to see, this is up near the top. Georgia, Georgia Athletics Bevo, ooh, you hate Bevo to see it Bevo almost kills Uga. Yeah. Was there, was there any part of you that wanted to see Bevo connect with his horns? I mean, the inbreeding is going to
1: kill the dog
0: soon enough anyway. It felt like a it felt like a mercy, right? Like having mercy on an animal? Yeah.
1: A mercy killing, yeah. Just hoping
0: he gets some sweet relief. Like the time I had to take a tractor and just keep repeatedly stabbing this cow who was crippled. Yeah. And just yeah. over and over had to back up and then jam forward again, the spear into the cow's heart, just trying to kill it. But eventually I gave that cow comfort and peace. Like, it was actually painful for it probably, but eventually it got the peace instead of just laying there and dehydrating and dying that way. I mean, like, Texas is not a good football team. Don't you agree? I mean, I would say they're good. I don't think they're great. And, you know, I, I, like, I, 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 don't, I, think,
1: I don't really, like, I'm not going to say that game doesn't matter. I just don't personally put much stock into it because I don't think Georgia cared a bit. Um, like, think, that being
0: said, it was embarrassing. I'd say Georgia cared, but they were playing some. They were playing a lot of freshmen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I, I'd i say they cared, but they were just playing a lot of freshmen. Yeah. I mean. And I, I think Jake Fromm, I think Jake Fromm. Uh, had a really bad game, and that's going to put more pressure on him. So, like, they get dominated by Texas, which, I mean, they did get dominated.
1: Yeah, they did. Straight up domination.
0: Um, Justin, Fields says, Justin Fields says, hey, I'm out. I'm going to Ohio State. They lose another transfer.
1: They lose six players this week, right? They lost four going pro early. Um, They lost Fields and Cook, I think was his name. The, the tight, tight end. end.
0: I know they lost that freshman tight end, yeah.
1: Um. Like, they, Hardeman, Ridley, Holyfield, and Nauta all declared for the pros. Um, so they lost six players. They lost Sugar Bowl. They lost six players. And then they get embarrassed yesterday
0: in basketball. Oh, you didn't see the – did you see the report this morning? About Kirby Smart being looked at by NFL teams? Yeah, that, that Tampa Bay is uh, interested in looking at – Nick Saban, who they're not going to get, and Kirby Smart. Like
1: that just surprises me. Like Kirby Smart does not come across as an NFL guy.
0: I don't know. It makes more sense than all this attention Cliff Kingsbury is getting.
1: Yeah, like, like what's up with that? Like he sucked
0: in college. Did you he wasn't see a good did, college did, head coach. did you see that he might resign from USC? Yeah, he might just resign because Lynn Swan won't let him. Interview, which I don't so, necessarily blame Lynn So there's levels to this Kingsbury
1: thing that you say. see. First of all, why would an NFL team want to hire Cliff Kingsbury?
0: I guess they're just looking and saying, hey, uh, the NFL's looking and wanting offense, right? They're just, they're just yeah. wanting offense.
1: And they think, like, he can just hire a defensive guy to handle it.
0: Sure. Like he and Like couldn't and, at Texas Tech. And won't have to worry about recruiting, which I guess he couldn't yeah. do at Texas Tech either. Yeah, and But I mean he um, has he has ties to two of the the five biggest young quarterbacks I guess with Mahomes and Baker Mayfield.
1: Yeah, I mean like but I just don't understand unless you were unless the Chiefs or the Browns had an opening, why would you want Cliff Kingsbury? Like I understand if the Browns like I could understand if the Browns wanted to hire Cliff Kingsbury. Sure. Um And then second of all, if you're a college athletic director and your offensive coordinator is getting asked to be interviewed by the NFL for head coaching opportunities, how can you how can you block that?
0: Like Well, cuz he just I mean, took the job and I guess they don't want to end up looking for another offensive coordinator. Like I I, I think his agent I think his agent kind of fucked up by by letting him take this job before the NFL thing came to an end. You know what I mean? Because you, you knew at the time he took the USC job that NFL teams were going to be interested in talking to him, not just for OC spots, but for for head coaching spots for some reason. So, like, why, why even take the USC job if you had that much power? C- couldn't he have just told USC, hey, wait? Yeah. Or would, you see, would USC have said, hell no, we're just going to hire somebody else?
1: I mean, I don't – I guess maybe he didn't really think that he would be looked at by NFL head coaching
0: Well, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, his agent's
1: supposed to know that. His agent fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it's just so weird to me that, like, that whole thing is weird because nobody in college or the NFL is looking at Clay Helton to be their head coach.
0: Well, that, that's just a whole other dynamic. Like, you have, yeah. you have Clay Helton and, and Cliff Kingsbury hanging out, and one guy is in charge – and everyone hates him, and the other guys knew there that everyone is all of a sudden in love with and coveting. Like, this is probably going to end up in Cliff Kingsbury getting the USC job next year somehow. Which, and I don't get it. Like, I mean, they were they were fine this year. I guess they didn't they start like five and zero or something, like five and one, and then just get. I guess they didn't start five and zero because they got dominated by Ole Miss in game one. But then they won. They five. started off really well. I think they started off 5-1 and one after that. Like, Ole Miss beat their ass, and then they, they won games.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to me. And you're right, you're correct, that Kirby Smart makes more sense than Cliff Kingsbury because Kirby Smart has won a lot of games in, in college football. Like, I think we can say Kirby Smart is a good college football coach. I think he's solid. Yeah, like I, I think. I, I'm not saying he's great.
0: I'm saying he's good. Like he's good. Like yeah, I said, I'm gonna leave it at that. He's I, good. I think we went from having him in the top six at this time last year to now. I would have him. I'd probably have him outside of my top six. Like just on the strength of that fake fumble alone, like I have to drop you off at that point.
1: The fake, yeah, I mean that was egregious. Like that's gonna. That's Georgia fans are gonna lay awake at night worrying about that for a long time. Um, but it doesn't make any sense to me because Kirby Smart seems like as much of a college football coach as you can be Yeah. I mean like like there are some guys who just seem like college football coaches and he does I mean he's he's coaching where he played you know he loves Georgia he's good at it he's a southerner he's a great recruiter it just doesn't seem like, but on the flip side, these guys probably think that they're elite football coaches and that he can do it in the NFL. So, I mean, I guess you have to look at it.
0: Like well, for all, gonna- for all of these coaches like this, I think, I don't know how they think of it. Like you're saying he seems like a college football coach, and you're right. But to me, like the apex of the profession is the NFL. Absolutely,
1: 100% and- it is.
0: And if you leave while you're still a hot commodity, you can always come back, right? Like Spurrier did that, Carroll did that, Saban did that. Like you, you, Chip Kelly, yeah. Like all these coaches can do that, and that's kind of why I thought Lincoln Riley might do it. You know, leave after having back-to-back back back Heisman winners, making the playoffs, and then boom, go coach the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. And then if that doesn't work out, you're always going to be sought after as a college football coach. And like it, it, it would be hard to fail more. In the NFL than Steve Spurrier and Chip Kelly did. Like mm-hmm. it got it got really really ugly for Chip Kelly in the NFL at the end of you know at the end of his tenure, and he still is able to walk back in and you know he would have been able to get a lot of these jobs. He could have the Florida job if he wanted it. Yeah. So I, for that I would I would think it would make a little sense for Kirby to do it now before the shine maybe wears off. And I don't know what type of trajectory he's on. Like, they've got so many damn five-stars coming that it's yeah, going to be I mean, hard. Yeah, I don't
1: think they're. I don't think they're going to drop off much
0: yeah. at all. But I don't know, I don't know if they're ever going to win a championship either. Like, until they do it, I'm going to say no.
1: Yeah. Well, can anybody until Saban retires?
0: That's the question. I mean, maybe right. maybe, maybe It's Dabble, really not, guess, not even anything we'll against
1: – no, I mean, in the SEC. Yeah. It's really not even anything against Kirby – because I think Kirby can win a national title. I just don't know that he can while Saban is still head coach in the SEC.
0: Sure. Yeah, like there's zero chance Saban listens to the Tampa Bay offer. Yeah. Zero chance. Now I could see him maybe listening to a Browns offer. Because they seem like they have a good future, and Saban used to coach in Cleveland, and, and, you know, Haslam's maybe can give him a lot of money. I don't know, but Tampa Bay has nothing appealing. They don't have a roster – they don't have – It doesn't. maybe their owner can flex some money. I don't know. But just the roster alone and, like, not having a quarterback. I would imagine Nick Saban does not think very highly of Jameis Winston. Yeah, I would say that's correct. All right, before we get to uh, some patron questions, a new segment, uh, we're going to go down a uh, conspiracy corner, a quick little conspiracy corner. Okay. And I've had one on my mind today, so I want to talk to you about it. Okay. How do you feel about the phantom time hypothesis? The that basically that the dark ages were faked. Are you familiar with this one?
1: I've um, I've heard of it. I don't know any of the particulars.
0: Well, basically they think that the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and maybe the uh maybe Constantine the 7th fabricated a big portion of the AD dating system basically to Um, place them at the special year of A.D. 1000 and to rewrite history and to help legitimize Otto's claim to the Holy Roman Empire. Because the Dark Ages, you know, nothing happens. Yes. Like, just absolutely nothing happens in society.
1: Yeah, the monks just are away and keeping all the books until...
0: Yeah, we're supposed to think that for basically 300 years, nothing happened in society. Yeah. So there is the conspiracy that the entire Dark Ages uh, was fabricated.
1: So what year are we in right now?
0: Well, I guess you would subtract 297 years. Okay. So what would that so, be? Basically 17, 17 uh, twelve or something like that? So, or guess yeah, um, 1716? We would be
1: in 1719 if it was 300 years.
0: Yeah, take three more, or take...
1: Add to be 1721, 1722.
0: Oh, God, I can't do math. Jesus. Not
1: 300, 297,
0: right? I'm going to edit that out. No, it's all good, buddy. Like
1: Nobody's going to think you're dumb. Nobody's
0: sound like, like dumb. an idiot. Um,
1: I mean, I guess it is possible. It just seems like there was not one... Like, it's so... It's such a eurocentric theory that like there's nobody in the far east that was writing down the time because like china had a culture the Mm -hmm. far east the far east had an advanced people i mean and like you know i mean there was nobody in the far east that was saying like hey you know this is not the year 1000 not because they knew that like they were fabricating but like they were just keeping a diary or whatever and there's not a lot of stuff from the Far East that is just like um, it's actually you know seven or it's actually AD 797 or whatever and not blah 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 um, But yeah, I mean, I would say it's certainly possible as much power as the Catholic Church had, they had all of Europe under their foot. I mean, yeah, I think the Pope could do something that strong. And with the the Holy Roman Empire, you know, doing what he said or whatever. But it just seems like there would be somebody else like in the East or like North Africa, I mean...
0: Who would Our say man, this is who would say it's really stupid
1: yeah, like somebody in Persia or something would have they would have stuff that dates back to then that's dated like you know two hundred and ninety seven years previously and like the the archaeological tests show that it's actually from it's dated the same as whatever from the Holy Roman Empire I mean I just don't understand like what was in it for the fabricators.
0: They got to start over like in the year thousand. Basically, uh, they extended some of their family's rules, ruling. Okay. Okay. Like it made their family seem much more powerful. And much more hereditary. Yeah.
1: We've been ruling for 300 more years instead of 50 or whatever. Yeah. We actually have the right claim to the throne.
0: Right. Basically, uh, it helps them seem more powerful.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can, if you look at like the Holy Roman Empire on a map, I mean, it's absurd how big it is. Just, it's insanity. Like, how, I mean, because like, I mean, I, I typically look at things, European history, like I have always looked at it from the English point of view, and England is totally different from the continent. You know, they weren't a part, you know, and then you look at the Holy Roman Empire and it's just like, good grief. You know, and you had all these little municipalities and princes and all. It's just, it's insane how much power the Catholic Church had. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me. Anything that big is going to be, they're going to do some dirty stuff. I mean, you have that much power, you're going to be crooked.
0: Please send us uh, new conspiracies for yeah, the uh, the new conspiracy corner. We might not do that every episode, but once every two or three episodes. Uh, that's just the one I was thinking of today. That's just the one I was thinking of. I today. need to look that up. I'm
1: sorry I didn't
0: know about it. No, it's fine. Apparently not many people think it's real. Like It does not get a lot of credit, but that's just the one I was thinking of. I was reading something about the Dark Ages earlier. All right, let's get to some patron questions. If you want to become a patron and support the brand, patreon.com slash reedsranch. we got a lot of good questions today, so we're going to do a a midweek special um, patron-only episode, or at least a patron question-only, we'll set a thread up. I believe we're just going to keep the episode for patrons as well, so go to patreon.com slash reedsranch. got a couple new patrons. Uh, Robert Davenport. Love you, Robert. Robert actually said that he had, he had signed up for a while and then his card got stolen and he, he was mad that he lost his th- you know string of, of patronage. He said he'd been with us since the beginning and was mad that he had to start over and didn't get that credit anymore. But he gets a shout-out, so shout-out to, uh, to Robert Davenport. Got new, uh, another new patron, Skylar Crouch. Love you, Skylar. And Tanner Fuller upped his pledge from $2 to $5. Thank you, Tanner. Love you. As did B.J. DeLoger. He went from 5 to 10 Love you BJ. Love you BJ. I've been doing a uh I I am well on my goal. I feel good. I've been doing some of these uh TV reviews. Mhm. I know this, buddy. I've been mean, I've been really enjoying the True Detective uh rewatch and podcast. We got 3 episodes up right now. I was I'm going to do to finish the fourth episode after we get off here. I'm just going to keep grinding. Just keep grinding. So if more you us around
1: and that's for sure.
0: If you support us, go to uh, patreoncom ranch. Right, let's get to the first one. Uh, reasons why being a basketball school is actually better than being a football school.
1: Uh I don't know. I mean Great answer. I would, I would say that there is nothing more fun in college athletics than winning a basketball tournament game.
0: You say that's number I, one.
1: I think that would be one reason. I think I, I personally don't think that there is anything more fun than winning an NCAA tournament game.
0: The tournament's very fun,
1: it especially especially
0: if you win that second game of the weekend, and you get to take a deep breath and relax for the you know four day buildup.
1: Yeah, like, and I just think like even just winning that first game is just so much fun. And like just beating the brakes off Cleveland State last year was awesome. Yeah. Um, if you can win, like, you know, like the, the the Saturday noon game to go to the Sweet 16, and you just get to chill for the rest of the day and watch the games go to the Sweet 16, I mean, it, it's just, it's, even the SEC tournament, like winning an SEC tournament game and knowing you get to play the next day is awesome. Like, to me, there's nothing more fun in college athletics.
0: Big answer for me, a part of this, is that there are obviously more basketball games.
1: That is one thing, like, that's one reason, like, if, if there's one thing I miss about being at UT the most, it is it is college basketball, because, like, you have two games a week. And if you lose one, well, guess what, you got another one in three days. And you can just show up on a Tuesday night in TBA watch a game, go home, you can be back there Saturday, like... You don't like. There's just so many more games. I love that aspect of, of
0: college basketball. There's nothing you 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 don't the, the losses don't hurt as much. The losses don't hurt as much. That's a that's a bonus to being a basketball school. Like if you lose, yeah, you're sad, but you're able to bounce back pretty quickly. And I think there are just more villains in basketball. When it comes to like, if you're an actual basketball school, like if we're looking at football, do you hate? I guess do you have the relationship with the coaches across the entire country? What I mean by yeah, that, what I mean by that is like staring down like the Coach K and Roy Williams, and you know just the the basketball programs who have been able to build themselves up to being basketball schools. It's a select few, in my opinion. Whereas football, to me, football, from year to year especially, kind of depends on your schedule. Yeah,
1: I see what you're saying.
0: I don't even know if I see what I'm saying. I got lost in my head right then. I was watching the the, the Chargers and uh, Ravens game. Wow, he shanked that field goal. I think he, uh, surely he got blocked, right? I don't know. I, I guess just what I mean by that is, like, when you look at basketball schools, it's a—it's more fun to beat the coaches, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it would be awesome to beat Coach K.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's a shitty answer. I don't know. It sounded better in my head. It sounded better in my head. Maybe it's just we don't, I've forgotten what it's taken to beat teams in football. Maybe we just don't ever beat rivals in football, so I, I don't even know what I'm comparing to because it's been so long since we've been a football school. But I enjoy basketball more because March Madness, like you said, is a good is a good reason. I like the more games of it.
1: Yeah, like I don't even like March Madness to me. Like that, I mean, I love watching the tournament. Don't get me wrong. I mean, in some aspects, I think it is a little overrated. Mm-hmm and i mean like as much as like those those upsets are fun like when it gets to the second weekend like can we get the 13 seeds out of there like because i want to see the big time matchups in the second weekend you know i mean maybe
0: i'm alone here less but. injuries less injuries I, I like less injuries in my basketball yeah less injuries
1: and I, feel I mean like, good. I feel I feel like as a fan, purely as a fan who watches every game and has always loved UT basketball, I can get closer and feel like the players mean more to me in basketball than they do in football. Maybe but they don't have a helmet on. You can see them, you can see how they act. Like you see them twice as much, well more than twice as much during the season. Um, I just feel like the you're gonna have more of a relationship with the players, like, like
0: Wayne Chisholm, like
1: that was just different to me than any football player. Like what, he started
0: and, for. And there's just so less, like, of, them there's less of, Im- of them, and they make more of an and they make more of an impact. Yeah. Like yeah. they play offense and defense. Yeah. They make more of an impact, and there are less to worry about. Like. There there aren't six guys you have to deal with trying to play offense and defense and make big impacts. You have, you know, you can have two or three. Yeah. That's Obviously, good. when you get into like twenty-two, and then the kickers and all that, and special teams, and yeah, third down rush defensive ends, third down running backs. And I think I think a big part of being a, a big benefit of having a basket being a basketball school over football school is that you you don't have to. Um, have as much pressure when it comes to recruiting. I enjoy that aspect of it is that you don't have to get these big prospects and then wait and see. You can you can just kind of judge them by what they do on the court. There's less pressure, yeah, I guess. You,
1: you don't have to have top ten recruiting classes to win basketball games in the SEC.
0: Sure, that's and for it, sure. And it does seem like yeah, like you you can have three stars that grow in and 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 yeah. play, and you don't have they don't have as much pressure on them, and you don't hate them or think they're underachievers. Correct. Ron Hudson says what percentage uh, is there of Tennessee going undefeated through SEC play? Small. Yeah. Uh Small. yeah, I mean I'd say like 5%. Yeah. If that honestly if you had to ask me, if you had to ask me like what kind of odds I need for Tennessee to go undefeated in SEC play, I would have to at least get I'd probably do it at 20 to 1. Yeah. Which comes in at 5%. So yeah. Yeah, that's what I was
1: thinking cuz you said 5%.
0: Yeah. $100 against $2,000, i would probably bank that bet. But um, it's probably more like 2% or 3% just because there's so many games. We're going to play bad eventually. Although we, okay. got, we got one down, right? 17 and 17
1: more to go? We got one down. We got one down. I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about Tuesday night. I think it's pretty gay that... We had to play a game yesterday, Missouri didn't, and then we turn around and go on the road on short rest to Missouri. Um, but whatever, we're still going to beat them like a drum.
0: Come on, man, it's 2019. We don't use that as an insult anymore.
1: Oh, my bad, my bad.
0: You want to try again? Yeah, it's lame. It's lame. Slim says, with our good... Tennessee is playing in the shape of the program how much longer do you see Rick Barnes coaching
1: Uh, like why would he quit anytime soon
0: yeah I mean this has obviously gone much much better than I thought it would whenever Rick Barnes took over you thought like maybe seven years tops and here we are already in year four and you know people are starting to write that this might be Rick Barnes's best team ever
1: Yeah, and then you got Josiah James coming in the next year. You're going to get Keon Johnson in the next class, who's a top 30 overall player. Like, why would you – I don't think he's going to leave
0: anytime soon. Over under four and a half years. Does he make it five more years?
1: I'll go over, yeah. I'll say, yeah.
0: I do wonder what's going to happen once this core leaves. Yeah, because you've already mentioned the key, you know the uh, the Keon Johnson guy. I, I haven't heard of him. Who is that? Is he? Uh, is he he a, plays so, at
1: Webb. He's the top thirty player in the nation. He was there again Saturday.
0: Okay, um, so he's a local kid.
1: Yeah, and he's he's very very awesome. And then okay. there, there was another top flight guy there like the week before.
0: Okay, so recruiting's picked up, but that also. Like with Josiah James, he's obviously a big he's a time, one and done he's a yeah. big time recruit, so like you are you are kind of getting back into the maybe the one and done method, which you know that's what Tennessee fans wanted they wanted to you know to recruit higher and hopefully you could still have some veterans sprinkled in there to kind of not just go full one and done and rely on that but hopefully have a a good core that you mix them in. but I do wonder what happens because i do I do think that Admiral and Grant are special
1: like I like in general before this group of players I said I said for a while like Tennessee's path to success in my opinion was to build a core that was sweet 16 round of 32 tier and then to put a one and done with them and then like you can you can you have that elite talent surrounded by guys that are that are sweet 16 like and you're going to get to the elite 8s and the final fours but Another path that I didn't think about was that Rick Barnes goes out and signs a bunch of guys that are unheralded and turns them into NBA players. Yeah. So, you know, like, we have several NBA players in our starting five right now, and nobody would have ever thought. So there's many ways to do it at Tennessee. But I feel like Grant Williams is going to go pro.
0: Which is wild to me because I wasn't even thinking about this before last week.
1: I wasn't either. And then, you know, that one mock draft you posted had him at 28 or whatever.
0: No, it had him at 21.
1: 21.
0: It had okay. Admiral at 28.
1: Okay. Like, the Sports Illustrated mock draft from this week had Grant Williams at 60. Okay. And, and had Admiral at
0: 30. Well, if Admiral's uh, at 60, I don't think he leaves. Grant, you mean? Yeah, yeah, sorry. If yeah, Grant I, I, is I at, wouldn't either. But, yeah, I mean, the only way I think he leaves is if he is a first-round pick.
1: Yeah, and so if you come back next year and you have Bone, Ponds, Josiah James, Grant Williams, like you're gonna be you're gonna be pretty stout again. I mean, it's not gonna be as good probably, but who knows? I mean, we don't we don't really know just how good Josiah James is. You know, if he's a true one and done guy, and then you put him with Grant Williams. Jordan Bone Pons another year with Pawns. I mean, we could be really good again. I mean, we're like you said, we're starting to build a
0: program. I'll set the over under at four and a half. Five more years of Rick Barnes feels like the number right now. Uh, where I, maybe I'll set it at five and a half. Maybe I'll set it at five and a half because I, I do think you're going to get five years. And do you get anything after that? I don't know. I don't know. He's sixty-four years old. Um, Seems like he's happy. It seems like he's really happy.
1: It seems like he's having a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, seems like he's really happy. Um, but I'll, I'll set the over/under at five and a half because I do think you get at least five more years out of him. But I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't get anything after that. So that's my answer for that. Uh, next question. Let's go to uh, Roman Wright. He says, "If you can only do one, he's a Colts fan. He says he can only do one." He can either go to Kansas City to watch the the Colts play the Chiefs in Arrowhead, or he can do a three day weekend of the SEC tournament. Which one are you doing? And try to you know think of it obviously as your team and not just watch the Colts and Chiefs.
1: I mean, I would think you would go watch the Colts
0: and the Chiefs, right? Rather than the SEC tournament. Oh, man, I don't know. my My snap reaction was that as well. If it was the AFC Championship game, I would say for sure. Yeah. I think my answer has to be the three-day weekend of the SEC tournament. Yeah, I think it has to be the three-day weekend of the SEC tournament. Because this is the uh, Tennessee's best shot to win it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say, I will say, like, it's hard for me to answer this question. I don't have an NFL team. I'm just a new bandwagoner on our Titans. But last year's SEC tournament was the most fun I've had in the, at a Tennessee sporting event in a really, really long time. Yeah. And it ended terribly, and I had to walk to our car in the snow. But, like, getting there at noon on that Friday and watching Colin Sexton go off against Auburn, watching us beat Mississippi State, watching us drill Arkansas, and watching every single game there in between – and even though we lost the SEC tournament championship, like just seeing Admiral do that in person, like that was some of the most fun i would had.
0: I've never gone to an SEC tournament whenever we've been good or like great. Like Tennessee fans might be able to walk around Nashville as the alpha, right? As the one seed, as the team who should win the tournament. If it was the AFC championship, I would say go to the AFC championship. If it was a you know win and you're in the Super Bowl type of situation, uh, Kansas City is a okay town to travel to, which I don't know if that actually matters because you know the, you're. I think you're, if you're going to a playoff game, you're you're not worried about the scenery; you're worried about the game. Yeah, so yeah, my sure. my answer is the SEC weekend just because Tennessee uh, should be the one seed and should be the the alpha of the tournament. Any other year, I'd probably say go to the playoff game. But this year, I think you should go and watch this team maybe do something really special. Maybe do something really special. G-Man writes in, uh, which three teams would you most like to beat to get to the, or most likely, most like to beat in the Elite Eight, Final Four, and Championship game? Yeah.
1: So, I guess I'll go first. I thought for a long time about this question, and I looked at it purely from this year, like this year's teams, not just a historical lens, but just the 2018 season, and I know this this might sound weird to some people. The team I would like most to beat in the Elite Eight to get to Tennessee's first Final Four is the
0: University of Kentucky. That's my answer as well. That's my answer as well.
1: Like, because... You know, like if you make it to the final four, you obviously want to win, but like making it to the final four is something in and of itself. You know, they hang final four banners for a reason.
0: And that's uh, you know, that's that's what Calipari cuz he doesn't have the championships that stack up, but he does, you know, he does have a good resume of final fours that yeah. they that they hang on to.
1: Yeah, and like so I I I thought um beating Kentucky in the Elite 8 to get to the final four was my answer for the Elite 8. Um I don't really have to say why it's Kentucky. The, final, the, the semifinal game, I would love to just throttle Virginia in the semifinals. Virginia, and then beat Kansas or Duke in the national championship game. Like I think there would just be something different about saying, no offense to somebody like Virginia or Michigan State or Villanova or but like saying you beat Kansas or duke in the national title game to win a national title like that would be that was my choice for that
0: to me i think to me i think the three answers that we're going to get the most i think when people are listening and tweeting us i think the answer is can can easily be kentucky elite 8 cuz like you said you stop them from getting to a final 4 you make your program's first final 4 uh, you 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 keep Kentucky from having a quote unquote successful season, right? Because they always claim the season isn't successful unless they go to the Final Four. So keep them from having a successful season, and you know you you make a milestone by beating your you know your biggest rival. I think the answer that I, I think people are going to a lot of people are going to say Michigan in the Final Four.
1: Yeah, that's a good answer.
0: Avenge them from a couple of. Uh, you know, get get your revenge on a couple of uh, tournament losses. I think I see. I I think Michigan's going to be the answer for a lot of people. I almost lean towards Ohio State. That would be fun too. I like the little rivalry Tennessee has with Ohio State in basketball. I hate that fan base, so I think my actual answer is Ohio State in the Final Four. Now they might not. You know, they're 14th in the country right now, and. Uh, Did they win yesterday against Michigan State? They they lost. They lost. They lost, okay. So they lost to Michigan State. So I don't think they're a Final Four team, but that was the program that jumped out to me. Um, Also thought about North Carolina, you know, just beating a blue blood, beating Roy Williams, getting some revenge from last year. But ultimately, I think I decided on Ohio State or Michigan. I think most people are going to say Michigan. I'll say Ohio State. And then I, I think in the championship, if you could get Duke and you're guaranteed to beat them, I think that's the best story. Like that would be a you know historic Duke team, one that's you know thought to be a juggernaut all year. Now, obviously, they're not going to be undefeated when they get there, but they are a awesome team, and it's Coach K, and Coach K doesn't lose championship games. When he gets there, he wins them, and you're going up against three of the top four NBA you know draft picks. It'd be a veteran team against a team of freshmen, and it would be. Uh, a big fan base like Duke, who's national and national brand, but also has a lot of haters. So you'd get you know a, a good portion of the country rooting for Tennessee. It's the ultimate like uh, you know underdog versus established power. So I think Duke's the answer in the national championship game. So I think you're going gonna to get a lot of people saying Kentucky and the Elite Eight. And I think you're going to a lot of people saying Duke in the championship, the Final Four's. You know. I, the final four answer could have a lot of different selections. Yeah, final, for me. That,
1: that was that's the hardest one, right? Like the yeah. semifinal game.
0: Yeah, to me that to me that has a lot of different variables because you could say Kansas, like get revenge from earlier this year, mm-hmm. right? You could say that. You could say Virginia, which I don't really understand the Virginia talk from you, but they just
1: annoy me. They just annoy me. Okay. Like I just I find I find that program so boring that like I would love to just beat the brakes off of them. Yeah, but like that's purely like the Michigan answer is great. I think.
0: And yeah, I, I think, love
1: playing Ohio State in basketball.
0: Yeah, I, th- I th- that that loses a little bit without without Thad Mata being there anymore because I don't I don't have any bad feelings towards the the Butler coach or whatever Holtman. So, Michigan's probably the right answer. I just like what we have with Ohio State, but yeah, um, and then Duke I think's the obvious answer. Right. Yeah, I mean beating Duke
1: in the National Title game would be um out of this world. But like the the one that I feel more strongly about than anything is is beating Kentucky in the Elite
0: Eight. Like that That's is- almost and and that's almost that that's been flirted with a couple times the last couple years like the When we got beat by Michigan, we would have played Kentucky in the Elite Eight. You know, last year it could have easily happened where Tennessee plays Kentucky in the Elite Eight. It's been flirted with. I'd like to do it with this team.
1: And, like, I just want to say for the record that, like, the thought of playing Kentucky in the NCAA tournament makes me nauseous. Oh, yeah. No, it'd be very nerve-wracking. Like, I get just sick to my stomach thinking about it. Like, I would not be able to sleep. I would be miserable to everyone I came in contact with, like... My best friend would end up yelling at me because I'm being such a jerk to everybody, like it makes me nauseous
0: to think about like no this is only with the guarantee that you win
1: this yeah, is only like, with
0: the guarantee that you win
1: if you could beat them in the elite eight i mean i I mean I would probably cry, I would cry actually I know I would cry i would, you know I
0: mean I would get emotional it'd be the biggest win of your fandom of any sport since when i mean i period right i mean
1: i was in the second grade when we won a national title
0: yeah i was football. i was in, i was in fourth grade so i would say maybe for me yeah maybe it'd be the biggest one ever for me too and i know some people are probably like oh my god what the hell but we were we were too young for the national title game i mean a final four like i
1: mean it's a final four like it would be the biggest win of my lifetime, like, as a, like, when I can truly, like, something I can truly grasp and soak in as much as you can grasp beating Kentucky in the Elite Eight in the moment. I mean, it's pretty, it'd be pretty hard to really soak that in to its full extent in the moment, but I, that would be the biggest win of my life when I can understand something.
0: Oh, my God. The idea that that could happen. Mm. Mm. I mean, be- beating Kentucky makes it sweeter, but I-, I think just any Final Four. Just getting to the Final Four period. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, like, just, yeah, forget about Kentucky. Like, getting to
0: like, the Final Ke- Four period
1: would be the biggest win of my life. Yeah. Um, It doesn't matter even about Kentucky. Kentucky's just the cherry on top.
0: You got anything else you want to add? I don't, buddy. All right, let's hit a quick NBA quiz. We had a request for one, and we got a request for a team. The Utah the Utah Jazz. Okay.
1: Um, Donovan
0: Mitchell. Well, hold on. I got to set the okay, over-under. You know how this works? Let me set the over-under. I feel like I always do this, but I feel like three and a half is the right number. I just want to say, for
1: the record, for the listeners, for our for our patrons, John made me go look at the questions about thirty minutes before the podcast, so I would know what was coming and I could think about them. And I saw the Utah Jazz listed. Oh, and I did not go through their roster because it ruins the fun. But you had been thinking about it. No, not really.
0: I mean, because I, okay. I don't
1: know. Like, I know you- that they. I know they've disappointed this year.
0: Oh, so really, you just want credit for not cheating?
1: Yeah, I want credit for not cheating.
0: Okay. Well, Seth, there's, here's your credit for not cheating. Thanks for not cheating.
1: I know that they've disappointed this year because
0: you told me they would. It was really, it was really sad the time we caught you cheating and heard you typing. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you have, you have no longer lived that way. You have yeah, learned I'll, from your mistakes. I only did it
1: once. You, you admonished me
0: enough to where I didn't do it again. All right, three and a half. Donovan Mitchell, who's been really disappointing this year. Um. What is his
1: name? Oh, my goodness. What is his name? Derek Favors.
0: Okay. I didn't think you were going to get him, but he's been there forever, and you got him. You got two. Rudy Gobert. Okay. There's three. He He plays for the Jazz still? Yeah. Damn it. If I had known you were going to get Derek Favors, I would have adjusted the over-under. Damn it. Big mistake by me.
1: He stumped. He stumped. I am. Because I, I, I'm they didn't trade Hayward, right? He just signed with the Celtics. So I'm, yeah, correct. They didn't, get, they didn't get anybody in a trade from him. Um
0: Wow, the Ravens are punt or are kicking a field goal down nine, fourth and one. With four um, minutes left. I, 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 I okay. Whatever.
1: Four minutes left in the
0: hat I mean, in the quarter. Yeah, yeah. Five, four minutes left in the th- uh, third quarter. Yeah, sorry, but I mean. Wow, he nailed that. No, he that... did not. Did he? Wow, he hey, missed wow. it. Wow. Tucker never misses. Well, that's what you what? get, you. That's what you get, you cowards. He kicked out a mile too. Oh yeah, the, um, the he's got a. The wind swirling, man. It's fourth and one. You got Lamar Jackson. You guys been running down everybody's throat all year. What are you doing, you cowards? Cowards. Scared money don't make money. That's what they say. You got any other guesses? I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. You can never get that fourth. Uh, Grayson Allen. What? Jay Crowder. Okay. Dante Exum. Who knew? They recently traded for uh, Kyle Korver.
1: Oh, I knew that because they were on TV the other night.
0: Joe Ingles. They were on TV
1: the other night, and I saw Korver, and I was like, he plays for the Jazz? Ricky Rubio. Oh, I knew that too. You lose.
0: You lose, sir. Good day. Mm. Talk to talk to you later. Um, appreciate everybody. We're going to, like I said, do a go go to the Patreon if you're a patron and if you want to be a part of the uh, the the mailbag. We'll do that Tuesday night before the uh, Missouri before the Missouri Tennessee game. What time is that game? I believe that game's at 7. Eastern. I believe so. All right, sounds good. If not, I just completely made that up at what time it was, so I might be wrong on that.
1: We'll do one Tuesday, don't worry.
0: I know I'm doing the post-game show. Yeah, it's at 7, which is stupid because that's uh, central time, but whatever. All right, talk to you soon. Later. Love you. Love you. Bye-bye.